Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uktana, and today we'll be discussing how intuition is not a gift you have to figure out, but a skill you can hone to support you in living your best life. In spiritual community, people speak of gifts, being gifted, wanting to know what their gifts are, and so on. The term is misleading and causes all kinds of problems because most of us are not gifted, and gifts are only as good as what we do with them. However, everyone has intuition. Like water which comes into being when two hydrogen atoms connect with one oxygen atom, intuition is something which comes into being when a soul and a body merge into one being. Usually this goes unremarked in early childhood as parents focus on, one, parenting, and two, the child meeting all its physical and mental growth goals, three, the parent sleeping any chance they get, which is never enough, and some claim they don't get caught up until the child's in their 20s. Somewhere between ages three to seven, approximately, is when adults start teaching a child intuition isn't a good thing to have or use. These lessons come in the form of being told they have a fertile imagination, they're precocious, needing to grow out of having invisible friends, not to tell tales, and so on. These comments, instructions, and quote-unquote statements of fact let the child know intuition, Akashic work, any of the clairs, you know, voyance, sentience, audience, cognizance, and alliance, mediumship, or anything shamanistic at all, is at the least unappreciated, if not outright dismissed, as not real and should be kept private. Most children therefore learn to ignore and eventually turn off their intuition in order to navigate regular life in modern culture. Intuition and those who keep it are relegated to the fringes of society, such as artists, mystics, those who commune with nature, and so on. Some families acknowledge it as a quirk, which shows up now and again and is used for things like winning fun amounts in casinos or knowing when a parking space will come free. For those without this family history, it can seem as if it's a message from a higher power, because it appears like a thunderbolt out of nowhere to prevent us from a disastrous action or accident. Luckily, like any habit, what has been learned can be unlearned. As intuition is not a function of the mind, but a sense much like sight or touch, the memory of being intuitive and navigating the world with this additional input is already in our body. Our limbic system and prana, chi, or akashic energy systems are optimized to operate at this level and most likely have been doing so all along. All we need to do is tune in to the information we're already getting and incorporate it into our daily lives. But before we dig into tips and techniques for working with your intuition, let's stop for a moment and talk about what it actually is. Intuition is a general term for one of our six senses. Just as our eyes take in and interpret light and our ears take in and interpret sound, our body takes in and interprets energy. Energy, whether you think of it as chi or prana or akasha, is both life force, think reiki, acupuncture, or karate, and information, animal communication, mediumship, and readings of all types. There are three main sources of energy, universal or akashic, earth, and interconnected. Akashic energy flows down through our prana channel, i.e. the chakras, constantly. It carries with it information from our soul book, our higher self, our guides, our teacher, and any other beings we might be working with. 
This is the flow we're taught to be most comfortable with, as modern cultures value the mind, innovation, and commodification of the physical world. This downward flow moves from inspiration to thought and down until we produce something physical. Earth energy flows up the prana channel and gives us the wisdom of beingness. It has all the keys for creating a healthy relationship with our body, with abundance, intimate partnership, experiencing oneness, and successful manifestation. It's most comfortable for those who focus on a physical life, such as artists, dancers, and martial artists. This upward flow moves us from experiencing through being and into wisdom, which moves outward from us to join in the co-creation of all that is. Interconnected energy is what is generated all around us by other embodied and less corporeal beings. This includes not only human beings, but also trees, cars, animals, houses, plants, statues, weather patterns, and entire geographic locations. There are a number of ways we take in this energy. One of the most commonly noticed is through our hands. Energy healers or those who are energy sensitive will often be aware not only of how much information or influence they receive when touching someone, but how much is left behind on items or in spaces once the person has left. It can seem a bit like energy BO or chewed gum left on the sidewalk that then gets stepped in. It's annoying and unpleasant, but it can be dealt with. Alternately, we use our hands to breathe in the beauty and amazingness of things such as a loved one's face, a leaf, a stretch of newly polished chrome or length of velvet. We're tactile beings not just because we have nerves in our hands or opposable thumbs which wish to grasp. In touching, we create an interconnected circuit where information pours in and out of us simultaneously. We also partake of the world through our feet. The soles of our feet not only connect with earth energy, but with the foundation of things around us. They tell us what is hidden directly below, what or who can be trusted to support us, and help us know how much of ourselves we might need to expend in order to fully incorporate ourselves into the web of life all around us. One of the most crucial and least known ways we take in interconnected energy is through our back. From the nape of our neck to the tip of our coccyx, our back is a wide expanse of nerves and receptors constantly sweeping the area around us for signals. Like a radar dish, it tunes into things such as intent, bigger picture, cause and effect, and others' manifestation processes, and brings them in so we can navigate a world full of other beings doing the same. This is why our alert system often starts with the hair on the back of our neck standing up, usually when the information is about someone out of our field of vision. Our back is paying attention to everything our mind is not since our mind is often fully focused on what is in front of us. Our back radar is in the peripheral vision beyond our actual peripheral vision, giving us details far beyond the range of our physical senses. All of this energy information, Akashic, Earth, and interconnected, is processed through whichever means is most appropriate for who we are and how we're living in any given moment. It can go through the third eye for us to see beyond the surface into the essential truth. It can move through the heart chakra and stir us into altruism and community action. It can prompt us to give voice to our creativity, wisdom, or needs, or it can push us to protect our vulnerable self from use and abuse. Each of us participates in this process each moment of our lives to varying degrees. Some stick to the patterns they learned in childhood and react to externals while seeing everything as concrete and mundane. Others seem to have a wisdom beyond their years but simply accept it as just part of how they are. 
Some process the information in dreams, which can seem prophetic or deeply meaningful, while others don't know how they know, they just do. So rather than think of intuition as a gift, it's far more accurate and helpful to think of this in terms of skills. All of us have a variety of aptitudes for things and not for others. Someone can excel at sports, but if they never practice, they won't get very far and can actually be a hindrance to their teammates. Someone might not be particularly adept at sculpting, but through practice, mistakes, experiences, and hours put in, they can develop into an amazing artist. No one is born to run a marathon, but quite a few people end up doing it for so many reasons it's impossible to count them all. It takes time and effort, but it can be done even if you're differently abled. Intuition is a skill. We all have it and mostly unlearn it by the time we're adults unless we grow up in a culture which incorporates it into daily life. People are often surprised and comment on my perceptiveness and intuition concerning all kinds of things, not just people. This stems from the fact I've chosen to live in a way which incorporates intuition into everything, from which bag of chips to grab at Subway to what a foster cat needs from me in the short, medium, and long term, and everything in between. Like language, the more you use it, the more fluent you become. When it comes to learning how to turn on their intuition and enhance it, what I see most often is people seeking techniques and tools as a solution. It's like thinking the key to successfully running a marathon is what kinds of shoes you're wearing. While shoes absolutely influence the situation, there are runners who refuse to wear them at all, some who swear by one brand or another, and still others who don't care that much and wear whatever they want or can afford in the moment. There are plenty of techniques which can help you remember how to intuit, support you in doing it, and even enhance what you're already doing. Will finding the right one make you completely competent and skilled as an intuitive? Nope. Deciding on one, several, or none is like marathon shoes. You do what's best for you. As long as they support you in running your best race, then you're ahead of the game. Just remember, everyone's needs are different. Their preferences are their own. And so what works for you is not and probably won't be the answer for someone else. No matter what technique you decide on or whether you decide to use one at all, the way to work with your intuition is to use it. Think of this like breaking in shoes or jeans. The only way to do this is to get in them and start moving. And like all skills, it's way more helpful to work with them regularly, even daily, than to be a weekender or see them as something unique, which you do only on special occasions. Like any skill, you only get better if you practice, and only learn if you make mistakes. You'll mess up a bunch at the beginning, beginnings are always awkward, and then less and less as you go along. For those who want to remember how to experience and fully participate with their intuition, there are two places I can recommend you start. Random thoughts and your spidey sense. Random thoughts are something we're taught to dismiss as nonsensical, internal white noise, or disjointed internal rumblings from a subconscious which needs to be ignored in order to learn its manners. While this could be the case, they can also be the third eye processing energy information. This is different from ongoing internal monologues about issues we're processing, the judging voice which tells us how wrong we are in and about most things, and the desires which goad us into acting on our best and worst behaviors. These random thoughts are your intuition trying to get your attention. To remember how to work with them, first start noticing them consciously. It can help to keep a tiny notebook with you throughout the day and jot them down like a stream of consciousness journal made out of fortune cookie one-liners. You may be surprised how many thoughts like this you have throughout the day. 
The next step is to note what you're doing when they occur. Context is important when dealing with intuition. No matter where in the web the information is coming from, we are the antenna and what we're doing, where we're doing it, and with whom will tell us how we're tuning into this particular channel, therefore how we can repeat the process and even enhance it. Now with the spidey sense, even more so than with our random thoughts, we're taught to ignore the signals our body gives us about a person or situation. We force ourselves to look someone in the eye and face them when everything in our body is screaming for us to turn away. We feel our senses go on alert and adrenaline kicking in as we pick up energy signals, but let our mind logic us out of what seems like horror film nonsense, only to experience later our senses were right. To remember how to work with your spidey sense means first noticing when you have them. They can appear as Freudian slips when you meant to do this thing but did that instead. They can be translating as feelings about something or someone which seem completely contrary to what they should be. Or they might be pulling you towards something or pushing away from it which seems more animal than rational. Instead of what we normally do, which is to let our mind negate these things, let yourself recognize they happened. Just this much conscious, positive attention will begin enhancing them as it gives your body permission to unfold like a fist unclenching. To lean in further, you can start making space for these reactions. This can be a form of mindfulness practice, where during each major activity of your day, you stop before doing it and check in with what your body and senses are telling you. This shouldn't be an internal going inwards process, which cuts off the external, but instead an invitation to bring your senses alive for a moment in order to be fully present in yourself and in the world around you. Once you have the hang of it, you can start doing it with minor activities as well until you've seamlessly incorporated this sensory information into how you navigate the world. Enhancing your intuition, once you have it going, is not about getting more information. You're more than likely getting plenty already. It's acting on the information you're getting. This is easier said than done when we're taught to lead with our brain, understand fully everything we're doing and being in every moment, and need to get our head around things to cope with the world. Acting on our intuition feels and often seems to our logical minds to be counterintuitive. It goes against what's safe, what makes sense, and what we're taught is common sense. However, if we wait to understand it in the moment, we'll wait forever and the moment will be lost. We'll have invalidated ourselves and our senses. This enhances our doubts and stuckness, which isn't handy. The key is to set aside what you want from a situation, what you think about it personally, what is logical or what would be best, and accept the information you get as what you're getting. Don't second guess. Be open to answers which you wouldn't have thought of on your own or which validate what you know but don't want to know and so on. Then act on the information you get. It's in the follow-through, the actual running, that you validate and hone your abilities or run the actual marathon. Side note, while intuition will lead you on some amazing adventures, leave you with some great stories, and expand you in ways you can't yet fathom, it is also not an excuse to throw caution to the wind and ignore consequences. It's important to live in balance with this as with all things. So learn to intermingle common sense, logic, and intuition like three legs of a stool. They should all be trusted equally, and there are times when you'll sit in a way you're supported by all of them, but more often you'll be leaning one way or the other, and so the pressure will mostly be on one leg. For example, common sense is great when dealing with your taxes, 
but not necessarily when you're confronted with an angry man at the airport. Intuition is wonderful for navigating a party, but not necessarily for figuring out why your grocery bill is so large. The more you use your intuition to navigate your own life, the better you'll come to understand what it is telling you about others and how they live. Best of all, the more you live in harmony with your fully intuitive self, the more of your radiant divinity pours out into the world through nothing more than you being in it. And that's all the time we have this week. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. Thank you to my patron of honor this week, Laura Rowland. If you're enjoying this podcast, please consider supporting it by subscribing on Patreon. You can join in patron-only classes, see all my other offerings, and get regular updates about what I'm working on at patreon.com slash Thanks. Bye.